Hey everybody, so it is Thursday night, 10 o'clock on the dot, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you're going to hear me, you're going to hear a ch -ch 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 noise because I am coloring while I talk. And I recently talked to, literally just moments ago actually, to somebody who, without looking for any spiritual messages came out with um, a message from one of my uncles, which I thought was impressive because they'd have no way of knowing about my uncles or really anything about me. So I was kind of impressed, pretty impressed actually, because it got me to do this. And the message was to let it all out. So that's what I'm going to do. Not, I'm not just going to sit here and like, <laughs> but um, I thought I would come on and tell you guys a little bit more about who I am since you know about my spiritual journey and what I do, blah, 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 all the typical spiritual stuff. Um, there's other sides to me that you don't know as well, which I find to be just as important, damn it, whether you do or not. So I'm going to talk about it. That's me uh, hitting my, what do you call it, my pencil crowns. I'm drawing a metal and cat's. Um, drawing book, like adult, adult <laughs> coloring book that my friend and like sister Shauna got for me as a gift. <laughs> and I'm having so much fun coloring in it that that's what I'm doing right now. And let's see. So those of you who know me, actually know me, already know this about me. So prepare for to have a nap or something while you listen. But, um, for those of you who don't, when my sister was two, she found out she had really bad asthma. Or my parents did, I should say. She's, she's two for God's sakes. So she, they found out she had really bad asthma. And I mean allergies, anaphylactic to like things like trees, grass, like bad allergies. And I think it was when she was in grade seven, so around 12 years old, she started having chronic fatigue syndrome which is a host of other issues but mostly you know it's known for its stereotype she would sleep all day there's so much more to it than this but she would she'd sleep all day to the point where grade seven I think it was the whole year she had to have uh she had to have a tutor come in with these creepy ass puppets oh I hated those things they're so stupid but the guy was sweet I suppose I don't know I was in school while she was doing that but um and then when she was 19, or just turned 20, sorry, she got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And she's like, she's had a hell of a time with it because it took them so long. She's out in BC. We're in Canada, Ontario born and raised. But she went to live at BC with her boyfriend at the time. And she went to the doctors there and they're like, we think you have... Crohn's disease, you should go home. I don't know why I go home, but whatever. They Maybe they didn't have the right doctors, who knows, but to get checked and diagnosed, blah, blah, blah. So she did. And I remember it took them forever because they were they misdiagnosed her. You know, obviously that happens at first. They weren't sure what she had. Kept sending her home. She was on her deathbed. Like, I don't My parents would agree. Like, she was just like a piece of paper on that bed. That's how thin she was. 
and then they got then they finally diagnosed her and then they got her on the wrong meds it didn't work for her because her body is so sensitive to stuff like that so i was 17 at the time turning 18 when she got sick so i was leaving school her and i lived together for a year after that during which time i worked till i was 19 and then i was going back home to school but during that time she was pretty good she she, during the time we lived together, she was 20, 21-ish, and she um, she ended up finding out, she was mowing the lawn with my dad, because at his yard, it takes two hours, at least, with help. One person on a ride on lawnmower, one person with a push. She was on the ride on lawnmower, my dad came up around the side of the yard, and she was going blue, getting off the, like, kind of stumbling off of the, what do you call it, the lawnmower. And he rushed her to the hospital in time. They met the ambulance on the way in, and she literally just collapsed right in front of the ambulance, and they hit her with an epi. Come to find out she's allergic to, like, tree nuts, all this crazy stuff, right? Now she's, like, food. She's got food, um, anaphylactic allergies and all this crazy stuff. So the point of me telling you this is that I'm no stranger to chronic illnesses and when I when my sister got diagnosed the GI gastrointestinal specialist blah 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 whatever you want to call them GIs um they pointed at me and they said how old is your youngest daughter and my dad said she's 17 because I was at the time and they said you watch her in two years time when she's your like Amanda's age my sister's age when she got diagnosed they said you watch her because for some reason, they didn't know much at the time. This was a long time ago, like 20 years ago almost. Actually, I believe it was 20 years ago. They said um, they didn't know much, but they knew that it was common in siblings. So two years time, I'm 19. Just moved back home from living with her because I was going to go to school. I was going to this, uh, what is it, like a fast track school for learning computers like everything to do with them how to fix them how to clean them doing coding all this shit my cousin's husband jimmy actually created the course he was like a computer genius sadly he passed away from a cancer um but he had created this course and i joined it being the smarty pants i was i was like yeah i'm gonna do this with my life you know how you always had an idea of what your life's going to be in the reality smacks you in the face. Yeah. So I go to school and I start getting sick and I'm like, what the hell's going on with me? Like really, really nauseous. Yes. The typical going to the bathroom all the time, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden I've realized only two weeks have gone by and I've lost, uh, what was it? I lost like 20 pounds, 25 pounds. I think it was 25 pounds. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, something's not up. This is not me. Like, what's going on? And I was skinny to begin with. Like, I was um, a scrawny little thing then. So I really couldn't afford to lose weight. And I said to my mom, I was like, you know, I think something's wrong. But I was terrified. I never, like, I wouldn't even allow a doctor to draw blood. I'd be terrified even to get a shot, like a typical shot. But at least I'd do that. But blood work, nope. You could not force that on me. I don't, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you. Like, remember the last time they were, like, giving me blood work. So, we go to the doctors, family doctors, and he's like, oh, I think you just have a 
infection in your colon, no big deal, whatever. And I was like, sure. And I mean, come on now. I knew what the hell it was. <laughs> My sister had just gone through the same thing. I was in pure denial. I, denial was bliss at that time because I was scared shitless of being sick. I'm just looking for another color here. So anyways, I got to draw my kitty. <laughs> so I start to get sicker and I actually go to the local hospital, which is not the hospital to go to, but better than nothing. So I go with my dad and I remember I was bawling because they're going to take blood work, <laughs> which is soon to be the least of my issues. And nowhere near as bad as what some people have gone through, but I was going to get blood work. And I remember I was bawling and the two ladies, sweetheart nurses, took my blood work. And I was like, I remember stopping and looking at them afterwards. And they're like, are you okay, sweetie? You know, to me, like I've, I've had luck with nurses. To me, nothing against the doctors. Doctors are amazing. But nurses are the ones with the tender, loving care added to all the great intellectual knowledge they have because they basically are doctors in and of themselves but they've got this love when it's their passion Ugh, I just love them for it can't say enough about nurses and that's exactly what these two ladies were they were the epitome of tender loving care and knowledge all all the amazing things that a nurse that makes up what I call a stereotypical beautiful nurse and I was like this is what I've been scared of this whole time. And they laughed and I was like, okay, I can get through this. Mind you, it took years even after that. I'd still be like, eh, every time they get do blood work, I still kind of am, but <laughs> I can deal with it now. But um, yeah, so I went home, did some tests, which I'm not going to put you guys through hearing about. We were waiting for the results. And I remember during this time, I'd started getting sick a lot more, like throwing up, and it, there's nothing left. I couldn't eat anymore. I remember I was in the in the living room, in our downstairs living room, and I'd sit there with the door closed with the windows wide open, and it was November, and it was cold, and I'd be sitting there in, like, boxer shorts and a tank top just pouring sweat. And my mom would come in, and I was like, oh, it's too hot. And she's like, well, I think we need to close the window because, you know, my mom's a sweetheart does a sweetheart thing like maybe we should close the window and me being a bear I'm like no <laughs> turn exorcist in a flash the thought of getting any hotter and then it got to the point I remember one morning I was sucking on an ice cube that's what it gotten down to I could only suck on an ice cube and I started getting sick and I realized at the point I'm like you know what I'm gonna die if I don't do something about this I know I knew I had Crohn's disease I I wasn't it didn't take a moron to see it. And my parents were, I don't know what my parents were doing. I'm surprised they didn't kick my ass. But I remember my dad came home with a Subway sub for me, which is so cute. I don't know what he was thinking, knowing I couldn't eat. But he comes home with the sub and he looks at me and we're at the door. I don't know why. All four of us, my mom, my sister, my dad and I. I remember looking at my dad and I was like, I think it's time I go to the hospital. And like everybody just dropped everything. And they rushed me to the emergency room because they're probably thinking, get her in there now. Well, you know, while she's not in denial. And they rushed me to the hospital and they tried to send me home. And my dad was so cute. They threatened to call the cops. And my dad was like, nope. If like, you know, if you feel the need to call the cops, that's fine. But we're not going anywhere. You send my daughter home. She's going to die. I almost lost one daughter. You're not doing it to this one. You know, we're getting in here and she needs to have a colonoscopy stat. And, uh, 
And he's de- he, I remember he went to go park the truck and they gave me, I think it was Demerol or something. I don't even know why they did it. But um, by the time he came back, I was higher than a kite. He's like, what's wrong with you? And he thought I'd gone delirious and really I was just higher than shit. So um, they get me in for a colonoscopy the next day. Thank God for my dad. And a rough night of prepping for the test. Um, yeah, it was just really rough. I'm not going to put you guys through the specifics. But I go in the next day, and I was telling my friend the story actually earlier today as we were talking about tests and our amazing nurses and stuff that we've been through. And I remember they put me in the hallway. I was terrified because my mom couldn't go in with me for uh, my test, for my colonoscopy. And I didn't know what to expect because here I am thinking I'm going to end up like Amanda. I'm going to be this, like, crazy sick person, you know, and I don't know if I can handle this. You know, she's so strong. And I uh, I remember I was crying to myself in the hospital bed. They left me in the hallway while I was wait- while they were doing something before getting me to come in. And there was all these nurses on break down the hallway. And the one happened to c- walk past me and saw me crying. And I tell you, within like a couple minutes, all of those nurses were were around me, you know, hugging me, wiping my tears away, telling me I was going to be okay, that they're proud of me. Like, it was just so freaking cute and adorable. Like, oh, I just, I'd hug every single one of those nurses right at this moment, probably bawl my eyes out just out of thankfulness for how much I needed somebody to have my back in that moment. And I remember um, I came out of the colonoscopy. I fell asleep through most of it, except for when I woke up once and swore at the at the GI and fell back asleep. And I woke up and I remember I was being wheeled back to the room. And I heard them say to my mom on the way back, they're like, yes, she has Crohn's disease. And I mean, this was no surprise, but anyone who has chronic illness, regardless if you know what the diagnosis is going to be, there's sort of a grieving process that happens when you get the name of your illness. You know, even if you know what it is, there's still that part of acceptance that you need to go through. And I cried. I remember I'd wake up every night in the hospital and I'd throw up and cry. And a nurse would come sit with me and there's little ladies. There's a woman who was, I think, in her 30s or 40s who worked at the local restaurant for me. And she would, um, she was there for blood clots. There was a woman who, I'm not sure what she was there for. Sweetest woman, though. I don't think she would have made it out of the hospital, sadly. And another one who was there for arthritis surgery and these were like tough cookies these women knew their shit and every night they would ring the bell for me to get the nurse because I was getting sick and they're so sweet about it and oh I just been so lucky so I get out the hospital after six days and I'm literally up the next day moving furniture for my dad so that he can vacuum the floor and I go back to work within a couple months. I start working and my parents, well, just before actually, let's go back, just before I'd been diagnosed with Crohn's, literally just a couple weeks before, my uncle Casey had passed away and I wear his ring that he left for me, that my aunt got for me, um, his sister, because they were my technically my step aunt and uncle, but still very much my family. 
Um, she got in this ring that he wore on his pinky finger that I'm wearing on my pinky finger right now. And I wear it every day. And he passed away right before I went in the hospital. And within a month of me being out of the hospital, my mom's brother, so obviously my uncle too, he passed away. And it was like one, just one shitstorm after the other, you know. When I was 19 and I had moved in on my own with my sister, I had all these firsts. You know, I got to go on a roller coaster for the first time. I got to, um, I had my first job, even though I had two technically. I moved in on my own. I got to do, I had my first real serious boyfriend. All this stuff, all my firsts. And then I come out of it and all this stuff starts happening and it was really hard for me to process it. And I had still had a lot of fear. I was a very shy kid, been bullied a lot growing up. And I was over that part of it, but I still held a lot of my reserved side of me where I would let, like if I was scared to do something, I didn't want to do it. Hence why it was so hard for me to get blood work and stuff like that because I hadn't been through it. And I remember when I got to the hospital and my other uncle died, I had to process each thing individually. It wasn't like, okay, now I'm in the hospital, everything's better. And when you get one chronic illness, I read in a book, I can't remember what it's called, but I I loved it. It was inspiring and really eye-opening. But if you have an autoimmune disease, which is where your autoimmune, where your your little fighter bodies in your body don't know when to stop and then they start attacking you as a result, like creating more of an issue, that's called an autoimmune disease. And, um, and once you have one, you're that much more likely than to have another, which makes you that much more likely to have another. Well, since I'd never really been sick, growing up before then, my body kind of went into shock in a sense. The nerves did. So I got diagnosed not only with Crohn's disease, but um, fibromyalgia. And then I also got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And I also got diagnosed with a host of other issues, but none that are really that bad. But I still, whenever I advocated it for Crohn's, I would always do it in the thoughts that I was doing it for my sister because my Crohn's was so good. Like they said, I was like a miracle patient the way I came out of it so quick, you know, and I bounced back and uh, I had my trials and tribulations, don't get me wrong, but compared to what, say, my sister went through, it was it was a miracle for me to be as good as I was and I could still work and live life, you know, that kind of thing. And... And so I advocated for her, but I noticed as I started to get sicker, my depression took a major hit and I got diagnosed with an illness that is a form of dysautonomia called POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Don't expect anyone to understand it, but the basic idea of what happens is that a person, when we stand, everybody our body regulates all the things we do automatically. So our heart rate will adjust. It'll go up a little bit. Our blood pressure may drop a bit. The blood will pull a little bit towards the legs. 
or in the, at like the lower extremities, which, you know, the blood starts pumping. I mean, the heart starts pumping a little bit harder to, you know, bring it back up. So we have oxygen going to the brain, what have you. When you have POTS, in my case, it doesn't know. It kind of spazzes. So it sort of freaks out. So everything your body does automatically, like the functions I said, as well as thinking, breathing, um, what else is there? Like digestion, all that stuff. Anything your body does automatically is affected. So this at the time was a very, very, very rare disease. My own family doctor didn't know what it was before having me as a patient. But, excuse me, um, I was lucky enough to have been diagnosed because... I was born with a benign heart murmur, which means that my heart murmur doesn't act up until I stop. So I can do, 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 and then I stop and then I crash, but it's not anything that's been a worry. And my Crohn's doctors, I was going to them about how I kept feeling like I was going to throw up or faint. And I knew it wasn't Crohn's, but my family doctor that I had at the time didn't feel like it was anything that the Crohn's disease doctors couldn't deal with. And they were the ones that said, oh, you have a heart murmur. When was the last time you got it checked? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't even remember, that, you know, when I got it checked. I've just always had it. So they sent me to a cardiologist. And this young guy just happened to recognize the symptoms of POTS and know what it was. And he was the one that sent me for what is a tilt table test. And what they do is they strap you to this bed. And just loosely, it's not constricting. But just enough that if you were to faint... And fall on your face, which is what they're hoping for, that, you know, you're not going to hurt yourself and fall off the bed. And then they raise the bed into an upright position and they check your vitals and take your blood work and all that. So I was diagnosed with it. But part of what comes with the autonomic nervous system is the fight or flight syndrome. So anybody that's had an anxiety attack knows what it's like to be in an anxious moment. Well, that's where you're at when you have POTS like this. Um, you're always in fight or flight. So I'm calm in this moment, but my body is sitting there panicking. So the whole idea was um, I would stand upright, my blood would pool to my legs, and the heart rate would soar. From like a, I'd be say when I was sitting at about 120 beats per minute, I'd stand up and go to about 175 beats per minute, which is not normal. And it would do it almost instantly. And my blood pressure would drop. And as a result, to get oxygen back to the brain, my body would have me drop and I'd faint. And then the blood could go back to the brain eventually. So that's kind of what it's like. And it's been disabling for me where Crohn's wasn't so... Eventually, where I would always work and try and go back to work, and I did for many years, um, it exasperated my depression symptoms, which is why I'm getting back on track of the depression. And I was a nasty bitch. There's no other way to put it. I was a horrible person to live with. And I still, to this day, you know, it's the fact that I was a nasty person that got me to get the help from my depression because I didn't want to be mean to the people I loved most. But I could, I ripped, I remember my dad bought me, um, my dad bought me this purse. It was like 20 bucks, I think. Or no, I bought it for myself at the store called Garage. This leather purse. 
and it ripped it. It was, um, I went to the bedroom, went to open it. I've been dying for this purse for ages. Finally get it. And a couple days into owning it, the zipper gets stuck. And instead of, you know, being logical and taking your time and trying to work it through, I just took the whole fucking thing and just ripped it, like, right in pieces. This leather purse. <laughs> and it was cute because when my depression got better, my dad actually took me back to the store. And it was on uh, clearance at that point for, like, five bucks. And my dad got it for me. I thought it was really cute. But um, I did things like that, you know, I... I took a lazy boy, I kid you not, lazy boy rocking chair at 120 pounds, five, seven and a half. I picked up that lazy boy chair and I whipped it down two flights of stairs. And about halfway down the second flight, it got stuck. And I just flung my body at it. So literally my adrenaline would soar. And I remember my sweet, sweet dear grandmother came down the stairs and she was like, well, She's like, that doesn't seem to be working. Would you like help to try to get it out? <laughs> she helped me get it down the rest of the way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was moments like that, you know, that got me to get help with my depression, thank God. And that helped with my adrenaline surges. So that helped me learn to calm myself down a little bit. But the pot symptoms, having that adrenaline surge did not help my depression because I couldn't seem to calm myself down at all. And it's funny, I was talking with some girls today, younger girls who were in, who are in school, I should say, currently. And they were saying how, like, you know, the one girl was born with her illness, sickle cell and um, she had had a hard time, you know, with school and they were doing school from the hospitals and, you know, just talking about their experiences. And I said, you know, I got sick after high school, but in school still. And I did go back to school, by the way. I went back to college and graduated. First one in my family to graduate. Hell yeah. But um, when... When it happened, I said, you know, it's funny. I had a hard time with my depression because I'm a planner. I always like to know where my life is going. I like to have dreams, aspirations. Who doesn't? And when my life was thrown upside down like that, it felt like I had lost my future. And I had to grieve the life I would once had. But I would never change anything that happened, as crazy as that sounds, because my life is so much cooler now. I mean, it is. It's like I live a really freaking cool life that not many people are even ballsy enough to live. And I remember when I got sick with Crohn's disease, I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to live a life with regrets. I'm not going to die someday and think, oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. So I went out being terrified of needles, went and got my tongue pierced, my belly button pierced. Since then, I've had probably close to 30 different piercings, uh, 12 of which I still have, almost all of which are still in my ears. I'd still have the tongue ring as like a sort of a, my battle scar in a sense of proving that I had balls to go after what I wanted. But it did sadly eventually start to affect my teeth, so I removed it. But I still have the belly button piers, piercing back from when I first got sick. And I'll keep it for as long as I possibly can just because of what it stood for for me personally. And that's another reason why I wear my uncle's rings um, because of what it stands for for me to fight, to go, you know what, 
even in the hardest of moments, even when we think we can't do it, it's just because we haven't been through it yet. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, and I don't mean to down what I've been through or what anyone else has been through, but, you know, the saying of someone's always got a worse really is true in my case. You know, um, I've met some people who have been through some really crazy shit and it's just not right. And I'm so thankful that I don't deal with that. Now, I may deal with my issues would be more um, life condition sucking, I guess, would be the case. Not so much life threatening. And I'm thankful for that in a sense, too. But it does make it hard on its own in its own right because it's hard for me to live a normal life. But I am thankful in so many ways. And it's funny as I've come more into what I think is what I was meant to turn into, like myself, like growing into myself. Because anyone as you age, you you recognize that you just don't care what people think as much anymore. And as those years have happened, I live more for myself and do what I love. And in turn, I just, I couldn't imagine not having gotten there if I wasn't sick, you know. Some things in my life, it set me back um, where I didn't get a lot of the experiences other people did at the same time, late bloomers, so to speak, but I don't care because I just, I want to enjoy them as I get the chance to, because uh, at least I get the chance to do it. You know, some people miss out on so much and I'm living it for all I got any chance I get to. No, I can't do things exactly the way I'd like to. Or have been able to continue doing things the way I'd like to. Like normally, I work as much as possible. Being able to do tarot card readings, rune readings, psychic readings, whatever. And I've had to stop. And that's been very hard for me. I don't consider myself as completely retired. Because I want, my intention is to hopefully someday get back into it. You know. And I still love to talk about it. I still love to teach it. Um, when I'm given the chance, I want to be able to do classes and stuff when I'm feeling a little bit better. But I also recognize that in order for me to get to a state where I'm as healthiest as I can get, and this is thanks to my loved ones, you know who you are, I have to take the time for me. And one thing I think contributed to my chronic illnesses. And then exasperated them was the fact that I just don't fucking know enough to stop. And my loved ones have really made me see that it's okay to take a break. And I mean, here I am sitting here coloring in a goddamn adult coloring book at 38. It's like, really? Come on now. And I'm having, I'm having a freaking riot doing this. I've done like four pictures today. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't care. It's like, I'm not lazy you know, not working doesn't equate to laziness. I'm lucky that I was able to get on disability years ago. So I was able to do things like this. The whole point was so that I could rest for my body to heal as much as it can. You know, I don't expect to be healthy. But um, yeah, it's just to me, it's like a whole new realization, which is why I started talking on here more because oh my god I've been going on 31 minutes 
it's made me realize that, you know, I can talk about the things I love and still enjoy them and spend more time doing talks, which I enjoy doing so much more than reading people. (laughs) And I don't have to waste my energy doing it. I do it on my own terms. I like it. I have fun. I've been getting to learn more about the mythologies that I've been sharing with you guys along the way. And there will be another one coming up, no doubt. But, um, yeah, I just, I kind of want to share with you guys because as much as I've learned through being sick and as much as I lost through being sick, I've gained so much more. Like the people alone I have in my life, hands down, best relationships um, I've ever had in my entire life. Like hands down. Beautiful, 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 beautiful people that I can trust, that don't wear my energy, that I don't have to explain myself to. They just get it, and that's it. And they want to know how I'm doing. And that I just never had before. Really opens your eyes up to what you deserve. And they've helped me realize that on a whole other level, too. You know, I thought I, I thought I knew true friendships when I got sick. But they've taught me that true friendship is so much more than that. And what true family is. And I'm really thankful for them. And you guys know who you are. Because you're the ones that pretty much already know this story. To a big degree anyways. So because I felt comfortable enough to share. Because you've asked. So yeah. I just thought I'd share a little bit about myself. If any of you are dealing with chronic illness. Depression. I mean, I escaped from a fucking mental institution. I'm, I kid you not. I try to kill myself. And then uh, I went to work the next day. And then years later, that was a long time ago. But um, And then years later, I, I came close to almost doing it again. But didn't, thankfully. I didn't try. But I did sign myself into a hospital. A few hours later, I was running down the street. Running to a local coffee shop. <laughs> So trust me, I understand how bad it can get in the sense of lows. <laughs> and uh, and I I know that when I first heard, you know, you know, just if you keep fighting, it will get better. And I think, fuck, that's not true. And I really didn't believe it would. But, you know, humanity has this weird way of giving you hope when you don't think there is any. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm at the other end and I still have my days. Don't get me wrong. But... I'm at the other end and I can say life really is fucking beautiful in so many ways. I mean, people drive me nuts. I don't like the majority of the people I meet, but there are some beautiful things about this world and some beautiful people in it that match for you. And as you fall into who you are and really allow people to really know you and not be afraid to show who you are to them, to really break those walls down for that special people, Your whole life changes. Your whole perception changes in a way you never saw it before and never thought even existed or could exist. And, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. We'll see you next time.